now we're recording. And so, TJ, I have to ask you, because I felt like this would be a good question to start the podcast. One out of ten, this is, you can do this on a one out of ten scale, but how likely do you think Kelsey Grammer moved coke? Like, what's, what are the chances that Kelsey Grammer at some point in his life, whether it was the Cheers Kelsey Grammer, the Frasier Kelsey Grammer, the post Frasier Kelsey Grammer that's doing big things in the movies, aka random weird movies that no one no one's ever heard of whatever whatever Kelsey Grammer you want to choose what is the likelihood that Kelsey Gra- that Kelsey Grammer has moved coke oh no i think you cut out oh crap Freaking internet is trash. Sorry, guys. So basically, my internet sucks here at Carol. And it will, every once in a while, literally just shut off. There he is. Hey, buddy. Yeah, so my Wi-Fi is terrible again. Um, That's just the way it is. All right, some so things will yeah, never change. Some things never change. Just like, just like Kelsey Grammer, but he did change. So, oh well. Oh yeah, what was this about Kelsey Grammer? I heard like, what if Kelsey Grammer, and then you completely cut out, and I was like, oh well, what a hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> what if Kelsey? What What is the likelihood that Kelsey Grammer has moved coke at one point during his lifetime? Kelsey one Grammer. Of, one out of ten. You look at that man's blocky face, and, and you're thinking to yourself, hey, how often has this dude moved cocaine? And then okay. One out of ten. And give me... The man who was beast in X-Men 3 and headlined his own sitcom. Let's see. Wait, he's a... Wait, he's a... Is he a villain in X-Men 3? No, he's, um... He plays beast in X-Men 3. Who's from that? Firstly, no. He's the big blue guy. Wait, Kelsey a... Grammer plays beast? Yeah, how does that? I thought Beast was younger. What? No, he's in the ones where they're older. Oh. Where he's, uh, he's, yeah, he, he is played by Kelsey Grammer. But in, like, the ones where they're, like, young and from the 80s, it's, uh, Nicholas Holt. He's, he's pretty good in those movies. Damn, okay. Well, I, I learned, I learned something today. That's cool. I don't, I don't think Beast is in the first two. Let me see. I think he just randomly shows up in the third one, and it's like, oh, it's Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> but back to uh, if Kelsey Grammer, ha- Grammer has moved coke. Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> that's the question we're starting the podcast with. Isn't isn't this quality content? Um, I mean, I'm going to turn on my camera. There we go. Hey, buddy. Um, I'd say maybe, I'd say it's a solid, like, solid, like, there's like maybe once, maybe six <laughs> out of ten chance. Okay, okay, <laughs> follow-up question. You lived in the 80s, he, he, was, he was a nice young man of the 80s. <laughs> question, was he using the Cheers set to move this cocaine? <laughs> it was a front. Yeah. I think so. You think so? You you would say yes? Yeah. 
if I if I had to if I had to double my money, I I'd say it was through the Cheers set. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, that's good. That's he fair. handed off to Ted Danson. Oh, oh, oh! Ted Danson's involved. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay, interesting. Maybe well, even Woody Harrelson. That's <laughs> okay. Well, Woody. Well, we know Woody, and he likes his drugs, so that's he probably got in there somehow. He probably. He, I would say. Is this can we get sued for this? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I, yeah. We're slandering the name of Kelsey Grammer. Okay, I... Kelsey Grammer, you're great in Cheers and in Frasier. You're, you are a part you're of an a, icon. a goat sitcom. And because you're a part of a goat sitcom... Basically, what what I'm trying to say here, Kelsey Grammer, is you're so good at your job that you've allowed us to make fun of you and ask the question, "Hey, has Kelsey, has Kelsey Grammer moved coke?" Therefore, how old is Kelsey Grammer? That should be a compliment. I'm just I, I I'm putting two and two together here. Okay, that should be a compliment. No one's no 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 one in a no name podcast TJ is asking, "Hey, has John Phillips and Trevor Chick moved coke?" That's kind of I mean. That, that's besides the point, because we all know I have. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, well, okay. I didn't expect an answer there, but uh, and I didn't expect such a willing answer either, but uh, okay. Uh, Kelsey Grammer is 68 years old. That's it? I thought he was be a little older. Like well, maybe he, in his mid-70s. He looks, yeah, he looks older. He looks the part, yeah. Yeah. We share a, the same birthday. Oh, boy. Well, TJ, that's... That's even better than sharing a than sharing a, a birthday with, I don't know, blank human being. I don't know. I uh, I know I share one with Alan Rickman, and uh, that, that's about it. I know the first Legend of Zelda came out on my birthday. Uh, Sean Connery died on my birthday. <laughs> oh yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> yeah, but oh, Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. Sp- <laughs> this is a pro transition. Speaking of people that died uh, today, Tom Sizemore. <laughs> okay, now I'm taking a oh, serious okay. approach here. Yeah, TJ was concerned there for a second. It looked like today, R.I.P. Our boy, not our boy, but. Oh. A guy, a, a, a king in the movie Heat, Tom Sizemore, passed away. And uh, I posted a post, I posted the clip from Heat where literally the most f- strangest, funniest, sincere, like, quotes from a movie I can remember where he says, to, uh, for me, the action is the juice. Very oh, iconic yeah. quote from Heat for uh, the reasons that I mentioned. It's just a very weird quote, but yet still sincere, among other things. But, yeah, he passed away. He was also from Saving Private Ryan. He's in Saving Private Ryan as well. Yeah, he did a ton of, like, war movies. Yeah. He never he never had that stardom level, or he never was those A-lister actors, but... He was he, never an A-lister. But he had a lot of famous movies that he was in. Yeah. Like, he was part of a lot of big stuff. Yeah. 
And because of that, he will always be in movie conversations going forward, you know? Because, I mean, he is yeah. one of the main guys. He is one of the main members of Neil McCauley's group in Heat. And as we talked about Saving Private Ryan. So he'll always he'll always be in discussion because he'll be in those, those big, big movies. But, yeah. And... Yeah, I'm looking at some of his other stuff. Black Hawk Down, Natural Born Killers, Strange Days, True Romance. Okay. Lots of, yeah, classic movies. Yeah. Some more Scorsese and uh, Catherine Bigelow movies. Okay. Kevin Costner, Western. Okay. Yeah. He's in the Pearl Harbor movie with Ben Affleck. Dude, I've heard the... The... The commentary for that DVD, Pearl Harbor DVD, is apparently off the chain because Ben Affleck is, like, saying a bunch of random crap. Supposedly, I can only imagine. Supposedly, that, Ben Affleck God. just likes to say a bunch of random crap on DVD commentaries. And so... Can we watch one? <laughs> I, I'm down. It, But, I'm you know, I was thinking about it. I don't know if I... Oh, well, I have Argo. I have a, the oh, Blu-ray yeah. of Argo, so... But that one he might be more serious because it actually won Best Picture. But that is true. Have you seen the Pearl Harbor movie? No. Okay, me neither. I heard it's not that good. Didn't they remake it? I don't know. I just know it has a. I'm looking at it right now. The Michael Bay movie. It has a 24 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh wait, a, no. I think the Ben Affleck one is a remake. It might be. Yeah, I, I I was talking about the the Ben Affleck one, just done by Michael Bay. Yeah, but real quickly, TJ, we'll finish up on Sizemore. Oh yeah. The last the last thing I'll mention is just that, from my experience from him, he was always he never stuck out, but he was always enjoyable to watch, if that makes sense. So yeah, I he, completely agree. Yeah, he was so, he he. He never I mean, he is an example of that. He was he was acting with freaking Robert De Niro, held his ground, and just that in itself is impressive. And for oh, him yeah. not to be a sore thumb and stick and stick out in a bad way in movies such as Heat or Saving Private Ryan, which also has a pretty darn good cast. Oh yeah, that has a fantastic cast. Yeah, it's impressive. So I think that's the that's the that's what I always admired about him in the movies that I've seen. So yeah, yeah. I was gonna say he's 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 pretty good, but like he's never yeah like the focus of any. You're never like oh that guy. Yeah. He gave the performance of a lifetime. It's he's like he's good. It's more. Like, yeah, but I think like, he he excelled at that kind of role. Yeah. But someone needed to, so I mean especially at that time. Yeah. He's the face of that role. I mean, he literally has a top that's definitely a top five quote, that heat quote, because of Oh yeah. Because of uh when it because of where it's placed in the movie, right? It's what it's there when they all agree to do the second heist, the bank heist, and Oh yeah. You have obviously have a lot of Pacino quotes in there for top five, but I would if someone told me that that quote wasn't a top five heat quote, I would say they're insane because 
of the of the life that it's lived after the movie with as I start as I open the conversation with how kind of it's it should, it's it's weird but it's sincere and yeah so R.I.P. Tom Sizemore also follow us on Instagram so you can see that clip because Manic Movie Misfits Pod because it's a great clip and we'll live on forever. TJ, now, why don't we talk about some of the recent movies we've been watching? Okay. So I'm here for it. I think, well, well, actually, you know what we should talk about, because we haven't even talked about it on an episode yet, is Ant-Man, the new Ant-Man movie. Oh, yeah, we haven't. Oh, no. Well, it was a while ago. So, I guess I will start this conversation by by get, by talking about the best part of the movie, which is Jonathan Majors. I think, can oh, we agree yeah. with, do we agree with that? Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. even think it's. I, I was like, that, it, leagues and bounds, man. Yeah. Leagues and bounds. Yeah. Yeah. So, he single-handedly has a top five, like, a top five scene in the MCU. Dude, the scene where he says, have I killed you before? Holy freak. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, that scene that is awesome. so good. It's yeah, so like, good. The scene he's in is already so good. And then, like... There's like that one where it's like him and like it's him and Paul Rudd kind of just like acting at each other, but it's like it's like actually really good. Like this is surprisingly good for like any Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. He is going to be so I mean I don't need to say this because I've talked about it too I well actually who am I saying who who am I kidding? You can't talk about Jonathan Majors too much. There's no it, there's no way you can exceed the limitations of talking about Jonathan Majors. And as I've said before, he is going to be incredible for Marvel. Now, will the movie support him? (laughs) So far, no. Because overall, and before I was high, when I first watched it, I was higher on it, Ant-Man, the Ant-Man Quantumania. And then I sat down for a little bit and I realized it's, I, it's yeah fine. I I I watched it and I was like I, I before the movie I was like man I'm super excited it's it's an Ant Man movie I love Ant Man it's it looks like it's gonna be like a different thing I walked out of it and I was just like man what the hell was that yeah I was I was pretty disappointed but like there were some aspects that I thought were cool I'll give it that yeah but like I was just sitting there like yeah. From an acting standpoint, Jonathan Majors was incredible, but you know, you know what wasn't incredible was how they decided to handle his character. Bro, he literally gets taken out by ants. That's how that's 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 ultimately how he gets taken out. I mean, obviously he comes back at the very end. Well, this is well, we should have put up spoilers a while ago, but Spoilers. He gets taken out by ants, and then he comes back for a little, and looks like he's actually going to kick 
Ant-Man's ass. Like, it, it looks like he might actually take oh, yeah. him out. Because he oh, should have, yeah. because he's King the Conqueror, but apparently Marvel doesn't know that. And yeah. so he gets killed by Ant-Man and the Wasp, because I think she comes back, right? Doesn't she come back and they kind of yeah, shove him or something? Yeah, back to the little yeah. portal thingy. Yeah. Marvel had a great opportunity, TJ, to do something that they don't really do often, and that's to kill an important main character to establish a villain. And yeah. they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, even if they didn't kill Ant Man and they killed, like, the Wasp or something, I would have been like, ah, whatever. It, it gets the point across. I mean, she's part of the name of the movie. You would hope it's, like, it carries, but, like, yeah, they they didn't do that. They uh, they played it safe, which is kind of boring in a way. Because I was like, "Oh, this could have been super cool," but I mean, it's whatever. Are you are you saying it's whatever in, in that looking looking back on it, you it doesn't hurt your opinion too much, or? Yeah, I mean, it's like it's it wasn't like it didn't like break the movie for me or anything. Like, I wasn't like, ah, oh, it's not like I, like everything hinged on that decision or something like that. I'm just kind of like, ah, it didn't happen. All right. <laughs> yeah. I guess. That's, that's a fair response. And I would be lying if I didn't say it didn't, it honestly, it shouldn't have hurt my feelings towards the movie, but it really did because, and maybe it's just because I... Maybe it's just because I've drawn, I've I've been drawn to Jonathan Majors and just his energy. Right, we've talked about this on the podcast. Certain actors just have that energy to them that is oh, yeah. that no one can replicate. Very few people can replicate where they're just on screen and immediately are drawn to them. Jonathan Majors is that, and maybe it's just because I was. Tell you what, though, this was one movie where I was actually rooting for the villain in many ways. Because in part because I wanted I to see chaos and and that and him to actually kill someone. Um, but that that that. But talking about the ending, that is what angered me the most because I was because he's my favorite comic book villain from what I read and, and knew about, and you he's literally called the Conqueror. And he talks oh, about, yeah. I've killed Avengers before. Have I killed – literally his best line in the movie, have I killed you before? You know, talk about – I think he talks about in the movie how he killed variations of Thor and – Yeah, and, yeah. And so it made me oh, – yeah. I, I thought to myself, well, Thor's a stronger Avenger than Ant-Man. And yeah. – I feel like it was a fine place for Scott Lang to to leave the MCU because he'd already done a lot. This is his fourth movie. He literally had a big role in Endgame. No, no, Ant-Man movie, TJ. Fourth Ant-Man movie. Oh, Ant-Man movie. Yeah, oh, wait, yeah. no. No, no. Never mind. Third Ant-Man movie. Right? Yeah, third, third Ant- like Ant-Man, Ant-Man movie. And then he's also in like two others? Because he's in Civil War and Endgame. Yeah. So th- so, th- yeah. so three Ant-Man movies, and then he has a big, big, big role in Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. He's arguably one of the more main characters of the movie. Yeah. 
So it would have been fine to take him out. But instead, or like you said, TJ, just some major character. Some, some like, Wasp could have worked. But, but the point being is that, that you establish him... And instead, they nerfed him, and and they I'm not it. I'm not saying he has to be as powerful as he is in the comics because I've read some things on what he does in the comics, and he is literally like psycho in the comics. Like he takes on the entire Avengers and stuff like that, and literally oh, yeah, gives like, them a run can, for their money. Yeah, he he can on a good day he can like he can just absolutely thrash anyone. Yeah, like and so like yeah, him being taken out by ants is uh... a. <laughs> interesting to say the least <laughs> yeah that that was that was literally that those two ending pieces getting taken out by ants and then the way that fight ended with ant-man and kang hurt me <laughs> what did you think of what did you think of modok tj or i put in quotations modok because it was oh, yeah it was daryl or wait what's his name daryl wasn't daryl that sounds right. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fine. Like, I thought, like, design-wise, it was an interesting choice. Um, like, to do, like, all the metal and stuff like that. It's like, Modoc usually doesn't look like that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's bizarre. But, like, um, I guess it was a good way of, like, reusing characters in a way. And kind of like bringing his little trilogy full circle, mm-hmm. like being like, "Oh, the villain's coming, coming back." That's kind of cool. Um, did I think it was like as cool as it could have been? God no. I think Modok could have been his own villain of his own movie. Yeah, I mean, shit. Like Modok is one of the most famous Marvel villains ever. Like, it's he he's he's super iconic. But like, I feel like they kind of just dumbed him down for a comedy piece for a lot of his role and the person I saw it with we were just kind of like really <laughs> we both kind of we, multiple times when he was on screen we, like, we gave each other like the side eye of just like this can't be real yeah but, like, yeah it, it was fine that's the best stuff I can say is like I, I didn't love it I didn't hate it yeah I think you hit on something that I firmly believe with, with with his role in the movie, which is the role itself. If you take Modok away from it, I liked I liked how they used that character. Correct. I, I liked how they reused yeah. that character. I just wish it wasn't in that way with the Modok thing, because yeah. well, yeah, because Modok is so cool, like on his own. But I mean, like. It's it's just like it's it's such a weird use of the character. I mean, I guess potentially. I, do you think Marvel Marvel could say potentially that that was a a quantum realm thing, and there is an actual legit Modok in? I don't think so. You don't think they're gonna no? Well, you I know, don't think well, so. Multiverse though. There's multiverse stuff technically. That is true. Yeah. Um... Yeah, because I mean, like, I mean, they could have done like some big, like, Captain America style movie with, or would it be Captain America? Who fights Modok the most? Actually, what? I'm interested. I don't know why I always associated him with the X Men, but I don't think that's he a might thing. be an X Men villain or Spider Spider Man. Maybe I don't. I don't uh, uh, Modok. Let's see. Who does he fight the most? 
Um, but like he he fights Kelsey Grammer the most. Established. He he fights Kelsey Grammer the most. <laughs> this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I love how the um the photo on the Marvel wiki for Modok is him just fighting two Hulks. <laughs> Are you serious? Wow. Okay. I'm like okay. Uh, All right. Well, what about television. three Hulks? Come on, step up your game. Mm-hmm. Not in the MCU. You're better than that. Multiple Oh, this is like everything. Okay. This isn't helping me that much. I gotta go somewhere else. But just... Obviously, we don't want to take the entire podcast to to talk about this movie necessarily, but there there were... Ultimately, it was just plenty of moments, minus the Jonathan Major parts, where I said to myself, Okay. Oh, I, I laugh here and there. Yeah. There is a there is some funny stuff going on. It's amusing when Bill Murray goes on screen. That happened. Yeah, that happened. That is true. And I thought there were some um, good the some of the designs, the designs of the quantum realm itself. I thought were pretty cool and unique. And I thought some of the characters were were the the characters in the quantum realm design wise were funky in a good way. I didn't really, I didn't have any issues with that, but th- there were too many moments where I just nothing really stood out, and I the the plot at points was kind of funky a little, and the flow of the plot was kind of funky a little. Um, the CGI was better than I thought. Than I thought it was. Going oh yeah, to be. It was, it was pr- for the most part, it was a pretty good looking movie. Yeah, like it felt it felt a, little, a lot more polished in a lot of ways. Yeah, than some of these other uh, Ant Man or not Ant Man movies, but um, MCU movies. Yeah, but ultimately, this movie is is just like many Phase. This is Phase Six, right? Isn't Quantum Mania Phase uh, it's Six? The first movie. It's the first movie of Phase 5. Phase 5. So, it falls victim to... It's... It has the same flaws and... And same... Um, it falls... It has a similar build to a lot of other Marvel movies post-Endgame, which is a great villain. Good to great villain... Exactly. Uh, with mediocre everything else, pretty much. Yeah, the most of, like most of the movie kind of just middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. I, this this is it, this one was honestly one of my least one of my least favorites in like a long while. I'm being completely honest. I I thought Wakanda. I didn't. I thought I liked this one more than Wakanda Forever by a little. Okay. Yeah. Because to me, uh, it's a know. very similar movie, setup-wise, except that I think Jonathan Majors is slightly better than yeah. than the vil- uh, what What's the actor's the name? Namor. Like Techno Hura or whatever his name is. Yeah, the, the, the guy who's Namor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. That's, yeah. that's my... When I'm thinking back to the, that movie, I... That's 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 how I'm coming up with that opinion, and I think 
that's where I, that's where I stand. Yeah, I I'd say they're like kind of tied in my mind. Like I could pick either any day. Okay. Um, but like, I mean, I, I, I guess actually, I guess it's not as bad as I'm like I'm like uh, compared to like the last few. I was like, man, I like the like last few a bit more. Honestly, like the last three, I could. They're like very iffy because I mean it's it's Love and Thunder, it's Wakanda Forever, and then it's Quantumania. Well, I think so I like, think Love and Thunder is 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 clearly worse than Quantumania and Wakanda Forever. Do you not agree? Uh, I think they're on the same level in my view. Okay. Yeah, I I think I I don't, I don't think if I say it's worse, I don't think it's that much worse. Okay. Like I'd say, like maybe like. At half a point at best, like difference. Like I don't think it's that much different. I would say if they gave for me, if they gave Christian Bale more screen time in Love and Thunder, I would have it equal with the other two. But because his role is yeah. so diminished, it's even more diminished there's, than than no role. Yeah, than the mm-hmm. last two villain roles. I would if it would then yeah. So if it was equal to those two. Screen time wise, I would, I would probably have them all equal. But yeah, either way, it's not. Marvel still hasn't gone back to what they were pre, or like you know, Phase Three stuff and yeah, Endgame stuff. With with the exception of Spider Man, No Way Home. Yeah, there's been some good. There's been some like decent movies in there. Like I'd say, like Shang Chi is pretty good. Oh well, I I say Eternals, but I'm yeah, just oh, talking yeah, like, about for gen- what generally oh, yeah. people are saying. Because as I've said before, that is I think that's a four star movie, but that's just that's for another podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, you could fight Emerson again. <laughs> but I, I sorry to you, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, Go yeah. ahead. Oh yeah, like I, the consistency hasn't been there like as much as like Phase Three. His phase three is like crazy, crazy good. Well, and some other people have been bringing this up, and it is a very valid point that, and shows that Marvel fans are short sighted and have short term memory. Which is, if you go back to phase one, there's a lot of hiccups in phase one. Oh, yeah. I oh my mean, God. Yeah, and, yeah. and even in phase two, there are moments. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, we watched a few of those Phase One movies, and like half the things they try to make, we we're like, oh, we're gonna go crazy hard with this. They don't do like anything. With yeah, a decent chunk of their ideas. But then again, I feel like that happens a lot of the time with Marvel. It's like some of the stuff they set up, they kind of just forget. <laughs> it's like yeah. there's uh, like Phase Two, like after like mid Phase Two is like where I feel like it becomes a lot more consistent. Like, in those early days, it's kind of like, oh, we wanted to do this idea, so we set it up. Didn't work. Yeah. And then we're going to act like it never happened. Yeah. Like that, ha- that happened in like Ant- the first Ant-Man. Like, they set up this whole thing. Like, some some dude steals, like, the pin particles. And it's supposed to be, like, this whole thing of, like, oh, this guy's going to, like, uh, do something evil with the pin particles. They never mentioned that again. Oh yeah, like, 
Remember that's like a whole thing. Yeah. At, uh, like at the end of Ant Man, this dude like steals a bunch of pin particles. Yeah. Nothing happened with that. It's just like you could tell that that was like obviously where they were gonna go, and then Marvel was like, "No, we're gonna put in Ghost." But I actually don't think Ghost is that bad. But like, you can tell that like the, the idea wasn't the original idea, mm-hmm. or the new idea wasn't bad. Also, I have. I have to take a quick little like minute. I have to go put my clothes in the dryer real quick. <laughs> no, you don't. Second. No, you don't. I completely forgot about that. Well, so gosh, TJ, stop talking about Kelsey Grammer and go do your laundry. Jeez. I'll be back in just a sec. Okay, I'll. I'm gonna talk about. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're going to take a ad break for this podcast featuring me. And today we're going to be talking about. John's famous macaroni. That's right. It's a macaroni with four different four different cheeses all blended together. You have American, you have sharp cheddar, you have provolone, and you have gouda. And these are all mixed together to make a nice blended, yummy, tasty macaroni and cheese. It's for the low price of $27. But keep in mind, these are large portions, so this isn't your everyday uh, Joe Schmo mac and cheese. This is legit stuff. Quite fond of it myself. I put my name on it, and I did help create this concoction. It's very good. I've I also was was aided by my friend Emerson, who knows a lot about cheese, and be, him being the cheese connoisseur, he is he's very informational in that. And he won't be getting any money off this. He don't. Hopefully, he's not listening to this podcast. But he won't be getting any money off this endeavor. Primarily because I had to, I had to strip the information out of him, and and he really only provided those four those four cheeses. I was the one that was in the kitchen doing all this stuff. TJ wasn't there. I really was doing it on my own. My brother helped me sometimes. And well, what can I say? That's that's really our our only ad today, and which is good that we're done with our ad break because TJ's back. So yeah, go get your John's mac and cheese at the link in the bio. John's mac and cheese. Yeah, it's a four. It's a four blend. Four blend. You have four different four different four cheeses. One cheese. You have sharp. What cheeses are these? Sharp, American. Provolone and Gouda, all together. Ooh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's called John's Mac and Cheese, and I can't remember if there's a famous in there, but it's John's Famous Mac and Cheese or John's Mac and Cheese, and it's okay. for the low price of $27, but the proportions are very big, so you'll be fine with that. And Okay. What if it's Famous John's Mac and Cheese? It's a John's Famous. I can't remember. Well... <laughs> I can't remember. I said it 30 minutes ago or 30 seconds ago, but I couldn't figure it out. So anyway, and I also told them that Emerson helped me find the perfect cheeses, but he won't get any of the money. And that means you better not tell him either. So otherwise he's going to be mad. He's going to get Andrew Garfield out of uh, Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is he going to wear a dark suit? And he's gonna come in oh, yeah. and break my laptop. You're proud of flip flops. I'm gonna I'm gonna make I'm gonna have a business card that says uh, John's famous mac and cheese, 
and it's going to be the CR CEO B word. Like, isn't that what they had, right? That's what, uh, I can't remember. I think that's what they had. I thought at the end of social network, it said, it said, I can't remember. It's been a while. CEO. Let's see. Facebook business card social network. It's going to say it. I know it. No, that's... I don't need to make a business card right now. I think Justin Timberlake gives him the card and it says... I can't find it right now. And it does say CEO. B word. So... So, yeah, that's... But that's enough about my, my macaroni. Let's get back to more important things. Like... This Grogu Mando situation we have going on, TJ... We've talked we talked about this yesterday and I wanted to highlight this on the podcast at least because the first episode of Mandal- of The Mandalorian came out. I plan on watching it tonight. TJ's already seen it. Oh yeah. But and we've hit, we've talked about this here and there on the podcast already. And unfortunately it's becoming more and more of a reality. And it was teased with Book of Boba Fett. But Basically, I'm just going to go out and just, just say it. Go out and say it. Which is, Grogu is not going to work in this plot that we've got going. The plot that they set up even from the beginning and how it's going right now with Din, with Din Djarin. Because we know Din Djarin is going to basically figure out what it is to be a Mandalorian, how, how he wants to go about his life, dealing with the Darksaber stuff. Dealing with Bo, is it's Bo-Katan, Katan, Katan. Yeah, yeah. I think either way works. Yeah. Figure stuff out with her, and guess what? None of that. Surprise, surprise, has to do with Grogu. <laughs> Fun fact. And what that creates is Grogu sitting in a corner for the most part, except maybe doing a force push here and there as they tease in the trailer. But other than that. Literally doing nothing except cooing. And I know that's, we both know that's great. Everyone knows that's great for Disney's business plan and making all the money, making all the moolah, right? There was the big, one of the big headlines coming out of season one was the fact that Dis, the, since Disney held Grogu back from everyone, they lost, what was it, 27? No, it was, but not 27. I'm not saying 27 because I like 27, but a lot of money a lot. off yeah. merchandise. And, from that and other things and it just his pop culture popularity we know that he makes a lot of money for Disney and of course Disney being a business and wanting to make a lot of money said to themselves hmm interesting so let me get this straight we make a lot of money with that Grogu guy he's technically out of Mandalorian right now why don't we just sabotage the Book of Boba Fett Season 1 so we can bring him back in? And then, oh wait, let's sabotage Season 3 and Season 4 by just having Grogu stand in the middle of every scene doing absolutely nothing except maybe a minor force push. Oh my god. Bingo. And... I've said too much, too much, TJ, but what 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 are your thoughts on my Disney impression, first of all, and just the whole situation in general? I mean, 
I already have my head in my hands. I. Oh. I think it's stupid. Yeah. I'll be completely honest. Yep. From from a writing standpoint, I think it is the dumbest thing. Uh, and I kind of I t- we talked about this last night, as John said. Yeah. But like, okay. As much as I love Grogu, we all love Grogu. Grogu is certified Star Wars banger. Because I mean, I mean, it's it's one of the coolest Star Wars reveals. Like, I remember when that happened, everyone lost their goddamn minds. You and I watched the premiere together on opening on opening day. Release we did. Day. It was awesome. Um, but like now that um they 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 obviously wrote out Grogu in a way that works, and it it just happened. It did its part. Like Grogu is Grogu should be done. Bringing him back is such a weird way, and it's like, like I I get if they like he visited him like once, like sometime in season three, I'd be fine with that. But like having him just randomly come back and book a Boba Fett, and then everyone being like, "Oh, he's back in the Mandalorian season three. A, it just I it, it's like the CW of Star Wars moves, and I think it's super dumb. And B, like, Grogu's done. Get him out of here. It's time for Mandalorians to do Mandalorian things. And, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's... And, and, and the way Grogu left made for such an emotional season two finale and made it as good as it was giving it a 9.8 on IMDb as you and I t- as you and I discovered yesterday talking about it and basically when you rewatch the Mandalorian show your emotional response and your investment in that moment isn't going to be as great as it was the first time not just because you're rewatching it but because you know it doesn't really matter at this now, because no, it doesn't hold it, up. Mando, I think Dinjarin cries. He's very close to crying in that scene. But his oh, yeah. taking off the mat, taking off the helmet, doing all that, it it just doesn't really matter that much anymore because literally Grogu is back. Exactly. So there is nothing stopping that. Nothing. It's no. just like from not mattering anymore. That's a hundred percent right. Like I said, I have to watch the first episode. TJ, you give some. You can get some quick thoughts on it because I don't know when we're going to record again. But oh yeah, and you you talked to me about it a little yesterday, and it sounds like so far it is setting up as is as we've been talking about with, with Grogu. So yeah, so like the episode itself, it's okay. Like I was just looking at it, and it's um. The second lowest episode, uh, rating wise on IMDb of the whole show. Oh, interesting. And I can totally see why. Because not a lot really happens. It's kind of just like it tries to set up a bunch, and like some of its writing is just kind of like it, it, the, the writing isn't as good as it once was. Like you can, there's some parts where you're just kind of like, oh, huh? I mm. guess, sure. 
Um, and it's it just like it doesn't have the same charm as it once did. But like um, the action is still pretty cool. Like when the action kicks up, it's still really well done. But like some of the charm of the show, I I feel like I there like I don't know if it was like. It just it, it didn't have the same kick because like it was came out like a few years later, or what it was because this season's like three years after the first one or something. Yeah, and, something like, great. I know first, it's I know it's two point two years after season two. Yeah, but uh, and, and then like but like the the first two seasons came out like back to back, so like there was like a freshness to it and like a continuity. Yeah, this one like it feels like there's like a weird like. It feels like it's trying to like kickstart itself, and it just hasn't hit that point yet. Um, but yeah, it's like it, it's it's been a little rocky. Like, um, like I, I think if I had like, Da-da-da. yes, sorry. Oh, oh yeah. I like how we didn't even have to like. Think about it. We both instinctively just yelled Adrian into the mic. <laughs> um, if that doesn't get you excited, people, if you want more Adrian content, you wait. Because when we after we watch Creed 3, TJ and I are doing our tier lists for the Rocky movies. There's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of Yo Adrians being yelled in that episode. Oh, God. So stay that, tuned. That'll be chaos. Yeah. Well, but, um, yeah, go ahead, DJ. Yeah, just a quick like, ran on my mandalorian thought um it, it, it's it's an interesting start i i'm get i'm guessing it's gonna get better i hope hopefully it, um but yeah so far Rebellions it's just, are built on hope tj oh my god but what? <laughs> that's what she says that is true <laughs> that's what she says that don't don't give me that look, TJ. That's not cool. <laughs> I'm giving We're you the look. Talking about Jin Urso here. Jeez. Oh yeah, Felicity Jones, the lady from Theory of Everything. That's all. That's the only other movie I know her from. <laughs> She's in that one teaching movie. I think. Let's see, Felicity Jones, Felicity movies. Huffman, Inferno. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Imagine, I know she was going to be in like Amazing Spider-Man Two or something. She is in Amazing Spider-Man Two, isn't she? Oh, I, I don't know if she's. Yeah, she she's might have it. like one scene. Yeah. She might have like a small part in it. Apparently, she had like a way bigger role. I, th- I don't I couldn't remember if they cut every one of her scenes or they cut like most of her scenes. No, she's. I remember she, this TJ because we watched this at, at in Wallowa. Remember, it was like she's in three yeah. scenes. I think. Yeah, she. She got, like, the Joker treatment from, like, Suicide Squad, where, like, they cut most of the scenes that, like, actually made her important. Yeah. And so, like, everyone was kind of just like, hey, Felicity Jones. She does literally nothing in the movie. Yeah. But I think, like, apparently she was going to be, like, uh, helping Dane DeHaan a lot more or something like that. Is she going to teach him how to dance properly? I don't know about that one. <laughs> okay. But, um, I, I rudely interrupted you, TJ, again with another reference, so please. I can't remember where I was going. I, I think you were pretty close a... to finishing up your Mando thing anyway, but. 
Oh yeah, it was fine. Um, at best, yeah. I I think it would have been probably. I again, I, I'm going to watch it tonight. But I imagine it would have been more interesting if if Carl Weathers suddenly went go, went full Apollo Creed and said, "Hey, Mando, to raise the economy here in this place that I run." We're gonna do some boxing matches, and it'd be nice if there was a Mandalorian in one side on one in one corner, because exactly, you know, people are gonna to want to see a Mandalorian fight people, and it just spice things up a little. But I don't know, it's yeah. just, just an idea. I, I I don't run. I don't. I'm not a genius, but you know, I I offer my thoughts, and sometimes they're good ones. And this time, I do think it's a good one. Oh yeah. Well, we're we're at the forty eight minute mark, TJ, and before we do anything else, because we always say, "Oh, we're running out of we're running out of time," and then we go on a long rant or whatever, and then or we should wrap oh, yeah. things up, and then we go on a long rant, and next thing you know, it's forty minutes later. So before that happens, I want to talk about some of the stuff we've been watching recently, and just give me you can give me however many you want. But if you're gonna go in depth on some, limit it to three or three or four. Well, like two or three. I all we or we can go back and forth or something. Just let the people know what we've been watching. That we have been watching peak cinema. And yeah. I will. Let's see here. I will talk about Cocaine Bear. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw you wanted to go see that. So, Cocaine Bear is, um, fun fact, the bear really does do cocaine. That does happen in the movie. Yes, I know. What? Very surprising. No. It is exactly how you thought it would be. Very stupid. Not a good movie. It's a CGI bear, so take that with, with what you will. And Olden Ehrenreich is good in the movie. I'm always a fan of his. I like I like oh, yeah. I liked him in in Hail Caesar and we we've talked about how much we love him as Solo as Han Solo. Very oh, yeah. he's very entertaining. The overall plot is again as you would expect for a movie of this caliber. It's a throwaway plot. Yeah, and there are, cocaine. There are some very violent scenes. There are a couple. There are several violent scenes. And there's one sequence in particular which is genuinely fun. I think well done. I, I would actually give it that. Well done. Entertaining. Gory. And, well, I can, t- I can say it because you see it in the trailer. But it's the, se- it's, it's, the, it's the scene where the bear is running after the ambulance. And oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it's, but it's that full scene. And it takes place, okay. it, the, that, that sequence starts in the Forest Service, there's a Forest Service little room. that It starts there and then goes out to the road and everything. But if you're looking for a dumb movie where you don't want to have to think and you want to see a lot of, they're not, I wouldn't call them epic kills, they're not epic kills, but... Definitely some weird, sometimes funny, chaotic, outlandish scenes. And, more importantly, if you want to see a bear take in some nice coke, 
then oh, yeah. watch Cocaine Bear. I gave it a two out of five. <laughs> so like so yeah, like, so, so I, like I said, yeah. There are, two out of five means it's for me in my scale, which is the scale that everyone should use. But of course, I'm not Roger Ebert, so whatever. But a two star movie for me is a borderline mediocre to bad movie. That's it's it's starting to go into the bad movie area. I didn't give it one and a half. I gave it two because, like I said, I, the plot is so great to begin with. It's so it's so great because it's so stupid and outlandish, and it's literally a bear doing coke. Ray Liotta's in it. It's his final movie, and so I gave it two out of five because there are, it, it, there is redeemable qualities to it. I mentioned a few, but yeah, definitely it's not it's not worth seeing in the theater necessarily. But I literally had time to kill, and my friend wanted to see it because. It was Ray Liotta's last performance, and he said, "Hey, do you want to go see Cocaine Bear?" And I said, "Hey, who, who, what kind of villain would say no? What kind of human being would say no to that?" So I went, and now my other friend wants to see it, so I'm going to go see Cocaine Bear in the theater again this coming week. Oh, I, I, uh, I still need to see it. I, I really <laughs> wanted, to, I, I want to see it super bad. But. It was so stupid too because. I asked him, I asked my other friend, I said, hey, I'm going to see Cocaine Bear at 4.45, do you want to come? And he said, no. I asked him again, hey, do you want to see it? No. And then a couple days ago, he said, hey, you know that movie Cocaine Bear? We should go see it. And I said, and I looked at him, you idiot. We were at lunch on Friday, and I asked you, do you want to go see Cocaine Bear at 4.45? And he said, no. I asked him multiple times, and clearly. So, it turns out... I'm fa- I, I'm I enjoyed it enough, and I like my friend enough to the point where I'm gonna go see it again in the theater sometime midweek next week. So there you go. TJ, you want to give us a movie? That's definitely not gonna um, be. You could get, you could say that you watched 2001: A Space Odyssey, and I would tell you, TJ, inferior movie to Cocaine Bear. You tell me, hey, I've watched. Ron, I've watched Seven Samurai. I've watched The Seventh Seal. And I would tell you, hey, Cocaine Bear's a better movie. But go ahead. You try. Go ahead. I don't even know. Um, I guess, like, I mean, the last thing that I watched, it wasn't a movie. But I just finished, I finished rewatching all the Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared videos. Oh, yes. Good, good choice. Good choice. I haven't, I haven't seen those probably since... The last one came out, which was 2016. So, like our freshman year of high school, they're they're way better than I remember. Oh, dude, they're brilliant. They're oh, they're so good. I yeah. um, I remember watching them like like said hey like freshman year of high school, and I was like, these are pretty good. Like, uh, I mean, the internet loves them. They're like classic internet videos, millions and millions of views. Like yeah, I think the first one was like 60 or. A lot. Actually, now I'm interested. But um, like the production for those are insane. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. First one has. Don't play audio on the computer. Uh, it came out 11 years ago. It has 74, 74. million. Wow. Um. But yeah, the, the 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 level of like animation and like uh, the puppetry of everything, 
is super cool and like I mean it continue it continually just, just feels like innovative and like they they learn how to kind of up their own little ideas with like how to produce these little kind of weird little scenes. Um, and like I don't really know. I just like they were they were they were all better than I remember. That's that's yeah. That's, I, that's I, all my brain is functioning at. I correct me if I'm wrong, but definitely. Would you consider there being any sort of Lynch, maybe Lynchian inspiration for those 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 shorts? Because I feel like there are moments. Yeah, well, it's very like it's very surrealist, yeah. especially the longer you go on. Like, um, God, there's one of them towards the end that's like it's super weird, like and and just like the way it like starts. I think it's the fifth one. Um. This is the one where, like, it's the food one, and it's, like, the, it's just, it opens, and it's just, like, a, the shot of, like, the duck and the, the yellow guy, and it's just, like, it's just, like, it's completely silent, and then you just, like, it's, like, 20 seconds of silence, and then, like, each of them says, like, one little thing, and then it just, like, and then it descends into chaos, but, like, it's, like, it's very, just, like, weird. The second one has the same kind of opening, but, like, it's, it's like, it's very quiet weirdness and then i mean like a lot of his ideas are very much the same too but yeah so i um, guess a more apt comparison would be well no no so i won't say this but there there are with especially with the last david lynch movie that i watched the one with you a racer head there oh, yeah. are there actually if you think about it Eraserhead does have kind of that surreal. It, well, yeah, it does. It does have that surreal aspect to it, and oh yeah, it's. it's I mean, that is like the probably one of the crown movies of surrealist cinema. Yeah, I mean that is that's like one of the crown jewels. Um, I mean it's the the movie that made David Lynch not just like a surrealist guy, but like a filmmaker in general. Yeah. It made him a but, filmmaker, um, so he could have a small human being in a in a room with red curtains say, "Hey, your favorite kind of gum is coming back in style." Basically, exactly, yeah. And uh, but yeah, I, I I mean, I I really enjoy those for like those little shorts. I I don't know what I'm gonna. I, I I'm kind of in the mood to watch another one of these like internet series things again. But I don't know which one. I might do like Salad Fingers next. Well, I heard that one's like same kind of vibes. But. Yeah, I, I know there's the one series that got picked up by A24. That's on YouTube, and it's it's basically, yeah. I think it's base. The premise is a guy's walking through a hallway and this thing is stalking him. I'm pretty sure. Is oh, the back rooms? Yeah, isn't that isn't that a yeah. series? I don't think so. Oh, well, what is it? I, I, I know it's... Let's see. Is it just one singular video? Backlands. Um, where did this start? Wikipedia. Let's see. Uh, the Backrooms is an online urban legend. Uh, reg- it's a creepypasta. Posted in 2019 to 4chan. Um, oops. I uh, one of the most well-known examples of the internet aesthetic of 
liminal spaces, which depicts a usual busy or busy location as unnaturally empty. Uh, the back rooms was first described as a maze of empty office buildings, um, which you can only enter by no clipping out of reality. Yes, I remember that. So it's not like that originally a video. I think it was like um, maybe it might have been. Like it's it, the whole thing of it is just like it's very, it's it's something that should be filled that isn't filled. Like mm. it's um, and like that's why it's all and like the lighting of it and stuff like that makes it like really unsettling. Um, which it, it, it's like a weird like brain trick almost. Um, so it's not a I video. Think, I think I think there might have been like a video for it. Like I don't think it's like a series of videos or anything like that. Um, but well, A twenty four will probably will do a pretty good job with that. That's kind of their thing. Oh yeah, whoever they get to make something like that will be really cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I said, I probably will, I might watch Salad Fingers next. Okay. The, I watch watch the uh, the man who likes rusty spoons. Have you seen the first minute of Salad Fingers? Have I showed that to you? No. Oh, that's the the first like minute of that. It, it, it's like very "Don't hug me, I'm scared" vibes. It's like it's like way older. I think it's like half decade older though. It was like I think it was a, it came out on a Newgrounds or something like that. But like it's it's just like very like it's almost kind of like the backrooms kind of thing where it's like it's like so stark and like bare. And it's like it's a quiet and weird, and it's just like this guy. It's weird, green man who likes rusty spoons. And it's really weird. I love it, but there's like ten of them, and I want to watch them all. Well, speaking of stop motion, one thing that I watched was a twelve. It's I saw um, some other people that I followed on Letterbox watch it. Watch it called "An Ostrich Told Me the World Is Fake," and I think I believe it. It's a twelve-minute short. Stop motion, super meta, and it's very entertaining, very wild, and mind-bendy. Not mind-bendy, but freaky. It definitely has the don't hug me, I'm scared vibes in a lot of ways. Like the Truman Show stuff, Matrix. Yeah, it's... It's wild, very entertaining, as I said. And is it on YouTube or something? No, it's on Vimeo. I think. I think that's how you say it. V i m e o Vimeo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see it here. Yeah, but super entertaining, twelve minute short thing. And the the guy who directed it, he's gone up for an Oscar before. Really? Yeah. I think it was, well, it was for another stop motion short, I'm pretty sure. Let me look. Okay. His name's Lachlan Pendragon. That's quite the name. Yes. Let's Lachlan see. Pendragon. Okay, here he is. Um. Oh, he's, he's up this year. Oh, he's a, oh he is up for that that short. An ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So makes sense. I thought it was good. 
Okay. Well, hopefully he wins because I haven't seen any other ones, and I thought it was good. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, so I watched that. Uh, what else did I do? I watched Triangle of Sadness. I don't know why it went up for Best Picture, quite frankly, but whatever. Because Ruben Orenstein, Hollywood loves him. Yeah, it was. Oh, whoops! It was a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but I thought parts went on for too long. I thought. Yeah, I, that's what I've heard. Is like I feel like you you either think it's really really good, or you think it kind of drags. I will say like I, the movie progressively like it gets better as it goes on. I will say that. Okay. Yeah. It only has a seventy-two on Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting. Yeah, and it has a three, and it only has a three point eight on Letterbox, and. The reason I say that is there's a plenty of 3.8 movies. It's not necessarily super standout, but... Yeah, um... I've heard it's good. I, I can't remember how, like, put it, people, like, put it in his filmography. Because, like, I feel like whenever he makes a movie, it always goes up for, like, best foreign movie. Or something like that, so... Uh, I mean, he's, like, a Oscars favorite, so... yeah. And another thing too is it's it's not it's not like the theme or the message is unique. It's basically rich people suck and they're terrible people. And yeah, that's, that's basically all I'll say because there's some other things it talks about, but it's slight spoilers if I do that. But it talks about I guess you can also say like perspective and stuff like that with especially what happens later on. But that wasn't super special either. So. I don't know. I don't know why yeah. they nominated it. I think RRR is again a better movie, but whatever. I'm not a critic. I'm not. I'm not. Maybe I'm missing something. Anyway, I did watch that, and it is it is a longer movie. And it is it's two thirty. Two and a half hours, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Gosh, dang it, ads. I think it could be it, it could be a two hour movie is what it could be two two hour ten minute movie I think seventeen minutes could be cut out of that movie and it would be better or just as good that's just my opinion again I'm I, I'm trying to reach Roger Ebert status haven't gotten there but I'll get there and I'll ta- I'll recommend one more and then TJ if you have anything else you can mention that oh. Oh, I watched uh, uh, Not Quite My Tempo by Damien oh, yeah. Giselle. <laughs> what, a f- oh, yeah. what a freaking movie. I mean, we, we talked about it over text, TJ, but, and this is my first time watching it. It's the simplicity of it, like the like literally the simplicity of the, fi- of the shooting combined, the, the simplicity combined with the emotion that is in this movie is is blind. It's so addicting to watch, and t- oh, yeah. it's, you're so tense. And I love the I love questions that they bring up, like like what does it take to be great, or how should you? What do you have to do to be great? What, uh, what's the right way to teach someone to be great? You know, what is the, what is the limit to push someone? What is that limit? 
and oh, yeah. I love how it brings that like that brings that discourse into things. And some of my favorite scenes, I love the where they're all trying out for that one piece of music, seeing how fast, like seeing if they can they can, they can get to the speed that's required for that piece, and he's just constantly torturing them and saying to the whole his whole group that hey we're gonna be here all day till someone gets it and they're bleeding over the drums and it really is a it's a master class in a lot of things dialogue and acting and re it definitely with the recent movies I've been watching the relationship and the acting sort of ping pong if you will back and forth that Jeff Go- that Jeff Goldblum that JK Jeff Simmons Goldblum. yes Jeff Goldblum is actually in this movie that JK oh, yes, Jeff Goldblum's Oscar winning uh, movie Whiplash <laughs> dude what if what do Jeff Goldblum as JK in JK Simmons role <laughs> oh I I love that it's not quite my tempo oh my god they get that nasally nasally voice but, I love it the relationship that J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller, Teller's characters have and the acting performances they put in with each other in a lot of those scenes is special. And I, it's been a while since I've seen a movie with that kind of relationship, that kind of attention for a relationship uh, that I've I, that that's, I've drawn to. And I'm finally glad I watched it because it's, it, it's one of those movies I needed to get to. And I just decided, you know what? I'm going to watch it tonight, and I'm glad I did. Cause and oh, yeah. I I was I'll be honest, I was skeptical going into it. I saw I had a four four on Letterbox. Everyone loved it, and I thought to myself, could it really be that great? <laughs> sure enough, yeah, it was that great. Oh, yeah, it's a classic. And there were too too many times where I was like grab like just grabbing my desk because of all the violence the violent mo- the intense scenes and all the chaos that was happening too freaking this is a spoiler so skip skip 15 to 30 seconds but the scene where he crashes he buys the rent a car he rents the car the semi crashes into him gets up stumbles his way with all the blood all over him to the to the performance is you, your your mouth is just your jaw is just to the floor. And, it's so good. Oh my gosh! The way they build, the way they the way Chazelle manages to to and the editing and everyone manages to build the intensity and the suspense, if you will, and the emo not the suspense really, but the emotion, um, mm-hmm. to where you you almost feel like. You're kind of like doing the drums with him because you're you're getting you're slowly getting more and more exhausted and tense and on the brink of collapse yourself because of everything that's going on. Man, that's it's a it would be a great movie to talk about with Emerson too because I know he really likes it and that's definitely something to yeah to have a a deeper conversation in the podcast on. But it's an apt movie in many ways still today. It's a, a I should say a relevant movie today because you have a lot of stuff about again. What makes someone great? How do you make someone great? How do you help teach someone to be great? You know, obviously J.K. Simmons thinking that the right way to make someone the next great drummer, the next great musician is by all the violent and 
torturous things he does to his students, right? He literally he literally brings in that one drummer that was in that was in Andrew's original band just to torture Andrew and just to make him basically go insane. Wonderful, wonderful movie. I think it is out of so I've seen basically three of his four feature. I think he has right four films. He also he also has his his first movie is a weird not weird but it's a a shorter movie that a lot of people haven't seen. But out of the four that really everyone has seen, I think it's his best personally. Oh yeah. Well, out of the I haven't seen First Man, but the other three. I've seen. I think it's clearly clear. Not yeah. For me, fairly clearly, his best movie. I think La La Land is second, and I think that's still a great movie. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. I think in terms of a movie, like as a movie, I think Whiplash is by far his best, like through and through. Um, and then La La Land and Babylon. But I think yeah, I personally I love La La Land so much. Um. Like the vibes I have when I'm watching that movie is just like it, it brings me such like oh I love it yeah and I mean like that that theater experience is easily one of probably one of my favorites all time um, yeah so like it, it, it's just like it, it's so nostalgic and almost in a way even though the movie's not that old um I, yeah but I then again I haven't seen Whiplash in years like I haven't seen it probably since like I said beginning of high school so. I definitely need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's it's interesting because J.K. Simmons is clearly a fantastic actor, but and you could correct me if I'm wrong, T.J. But he doesn't really push himself into more of these roles. He doesn't. No. I don't know why. I don't. I mean, hey, it's it's his career, and he obviously showed us he's capable of of doing that i feel kind of as an ethan hawk fan i feel kind of hurt that he he won over ethan hawk's boyhood role which he spent 10 years doing which is kind of sad because he spent that much time doing it and there was all that hype of oh this is ethan hawk's this is gonna be it he spent 10 years doing this role completely invested in it, everything. And then J.K. Simmons shows up, and I understand why they gave it to him. I mean, I haven't seen Boyhood, yeah. but I mean... It's it's a, like, all-time performance. It is. It really is. So... I forgot that Damien Chazelle helped write 10 Cloverfield Lane. Really? Yeah, he's one of the three writers of it. Dang. I completely forgot about that. Dang. Yeah. It's a very... Odd movie in his filmography. <laughs> you can say that again. I didn't mean to take so much time, TJ, going on my little rant there. So I want to. I want to. Oh, I want to pass the the ping pong paddle to you, the basketball to you, Memorial College, the football to you, the drumsticks. Ooh, ooh, the drumsticks to you, TJ, and. You can talk about maybe another movie you watched, or if you have any other comments on anything I said. Anything really? Um, I so mean, is there I something that's finished, on your mind yeah. that you want to get to, TJ? Before we wrap things up here, uh, nothing like crazy of note. 
Uh, I mean, I finally finished Rocky movies. I uh, watched Creed 2 a few days ago. And we should clarify I, too, TJ, that we would talk about that on this oh, yeah. episode, but we're yeah. saving it for later. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was like. I'm just gonna like it was all right. That's all I was kind of gonna say about it. Yeah, uh, I like the opening of it, and then I like the ending of it, but I didn't. I don't. I didn't like the middle of the movie that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I re- I've been rewatching some stuff. I uh, rewatched Ten Things I Hate About You. Octopussy, rewatched uh, Grand Budapest Hotel and Predator again. <laughs> well, how was um, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel rewatch? Oh, it's fantastic. I I watched that uh, right before my birthday, so a few weeks ago. But um, I forgot how great that movie is. Like, it's still so funny. It's, I mean, it's a phenomenally made movie. It's, I mean, all time, like Wes Anderson. Like arguably, like if you were to bring up two movies for him, why is my why is Internet Explorer making sounds? Um, uh, um, like it's an all-time like Wes Anderson. Like if you bring up one of his movies, you bring up one that or Fantastic Mr. Fox any day of the week. Um, it's like it's it's production is fan freaking tastic. Uh, the performances are all good, and like I. I forgot just like how like how like comforting that movie is to me because like I sat there and like in those opening scenes where it's Jude Law and uh, why I'm forgetting F. Murray Abraham uh, and it's just them two in the like the 70s version of the hotel like I, I like I was like I felt like so peaceful and I was just like this like it was like it was like a it was like a new level of just like I'm so zen right now, and I can't explain why. And I loved it. I had such a fun time watching that movie. And I followed it up with Predator, which is the exact opposite of that movie. <laughs> yeah. couple things, TJ. One, I share my affinity of Wes Anderson with you. He is... Oh, yeah. I talked about this with Guy Ritchie on our phone call yesterday. Oh, yeah. You have these, these directors that know their style so, so well that anytime yeah. they do it, immediately you think the movie is better than it actually is just because of how exactly. good their style is. I mean, it that's a, that's a sort of a bad way of saying it, but you get what I'm saying, which is their style yeah. alone makes the movie a better movie. That's how I should have said it. Yeah, because it, it is true. <laughs> it is true. Now, Wes Anderson's is more distinct than Guy Ritchie's in the sense that it's there's a lot of visual stuff that Guy Ritchie doesn't necessarily have. But nonetheless, you know, you have Michael Mann, you have Guy Ritchie, you have Wes Anderson. A lot of those guys with very distinct styles. Quentin Tarantino, Uh, very distinct styles, whether it's dialogue, visuals, whatever. The the, the plot of the movie, right? You have Michael Mann, the procedural stuff, very tight-knit with everything. And there are a lot of technical dialogue. And... Wes Anderson's is is even unique from those because of again you, what you highlight, TJ, which is how comforting a lot of that stuff is. The color palettes, among other things, the the dialogue, really too. I mean, even oh, in yeah. those tense, tense scenes, there is still an odd comfort. Like there still is yeah. a comfort level, even in the scenes when they're doing the sledding and stuff like that, where they're chasing each other on the sleds and the skis, right? Is it skis and sleds, I something love that. like that. So much, yeah. Even then, there's a comfort to that, a a a, a 
tranquility to it, which, you know, if you had another director doing a chase scene of that nature, I don't, I don't think it would come across the same way at all. And I don't oh, think there would be that element to it. Yeah. So, so great point. And I'm glad he's, he, he has Asteroid City coming up, correct? That's his next movie? Yeah. I mean, he has Asteroid City, I know it's like, I think, I think that one shot. And I know he has another one coming up like soon that like, I don't know if it's like being shot now or like, is already almost done shooting or what. But um, I think that the other one has like Bendit Cumberbatch and stuff like that. I think okay. it's like it's based on like a Roald Dahl book. How many of those books has he done? He's, he, at least one, obviously. But I think he's only. I don't think. I think it should. This will be his second. Would be his it's next just one. Second, okay. So I don't think Isle of Dogs is a Roald Dahl thing. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, it's me see. I definitely want him to do at least yeah. one more stop motion before he hangs things up, for sure. Yeah, I, I think maybe he's, the one might be. Oh. Like, because I, I, I feel like I heard somewhere that it was. I oh. have no clue. Okay. That's, I'll check right now. I'm already on his stuff. The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. It's being produced by Netflix. Okay. Um, based on the book, Collection of the one, yeah, by Roald Dahl is the second film adaptation of Roald Dahl for Wes Anderson and the Cumberbatch, Ralph Yannis, Tim Pavel, blah, 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 blah. The question is Netflix is, is really going in on all these directors, huh? I mean, they got they got Bombback, they got Scorsese, they have now Anderson, Wes Anderson. Yeah, they, they got, like, crazy directors in the last, like, few weeks. They have a Best Picture nominee. They have All Quiet on the Western Front, which I believe was Netflix produced. I'll, I'll check myself, but, well, because you're checking yeah. everything else. But I'm 95% certain All Quiet on the Western Front was a Netflix. That was dated for this year. Interesting. The Benedict Cumberbatch film? Yeah. Like, tons of things are like, oh, it's slated for 2023. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, yeah, so All Quiet is distributed by Netflix. So Netflix has All Quiet this year. They've had The Irishman in the past. They've had Marriage Story, I believe. Marriage Story went up for Best Picture, I, I, I'm stand correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they always have at least, like, I'd say. Yeah. So that's why I always kind of try and calm myself when it comes to ranting about some of the bad things that streaming services are doing because yes that's happening but also they're giving a lot of these directors that don't have movies in the that are in popular genres or popular audience like popular fields they're giving them spotlight which is important and and or thankfully thankfully they're letting a lot of these films go out to theaters now more so than they were before. A, co- yeah. a few years ago, there's no way they would have put Glass Onion in theaters for a weekend or a couple weeks, whatever it was. Oh, God, yeah, definitely they, they, not. They wouldn't have allowed that. Netflix would have said, no, Ryan Johnson, I don't care how famous you are. 
It's not happening. I mean, yeah. remember Scorsese and Netflix kind of got heated there for a little bit, I'm pretty sure. They were kind of arguing back and forth about theater yeah, cause, releases. Because Netflix only, like, allowed him to do, like, theater releases for, like, a week. He's like, what the hell, man? Um, Like, it went to theaters. I think so did Marriage Story. But, like, they weren't these big releases that, like, they should have, they or they could have been. Right. Um, but, I mean, um, I feel like they have kind of since changed that, where they've been like, oh, we should do some theater releases. And, I mean, they've done it with The Gray Man. They did it with uh, Glass Onion. I know they're showing All Quiet right now. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. There's, there's more, but. Yeah, they're definitely it, the quantity might ne- not necessarily of time that they're spending in the theaters might not not necessarily uh, be, be improved by a large margin, but their their leniency and their their openness, openness to yeah, to to that is is definitely grown Better. because there are more of them going into theaters. So exactly, hopefully that will transition into longer runs in the theater but tj did you find that information i didn't okay. i don't know where i heard that okay yeah i i remember hearing that not too long ago and i was like oh that's cool so if i if i find it i'll send it to you but okay that's a cool pairing i, I like benedict Cum- that's a cool pairing benedict cumberbatch and wes anderson yeah and it was uh yeah ralph yannis was returning and like it was a good little cast like lots of lots of people that i think are going to work well with him yeah, I don't think it was like that many new people either. I think like Dan Pavel was like plenty of like two or three new people. Mm. Okay, interesting. But, All right. Well, on that note, TJ, unless you have anything else, I think we can wrap this thing up. Yeah. Cool. Well, next week, well, we we can kind of give them our our schedule what we're doing. TJ, next weekend, I'm going to be back for spring break. And That's you and true. I are hopefully going to at least watch one movie in the theater next weekend. I think oh, we're yeah. probably going to try and do Creed 3, I think. Creed 3, yeah. So, Well, I mean, Creed 3 comes out... Uh, well, it comes out this weekend. Yeah it, came right? out this, yeah, it came out this weekend, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, we could do that. And I think, um, what is it? Uh, 65 also comes out next that one comes out next weekend. Yeah. So, well, and we're we're pl- we're planning on watching that one together too. So maybe we'll we'll talk about those on the podcast. We'll definitely talk about the Oscars. We need to do a top movies TJ of 2022. We still haven't done that. Mm, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll either we'll de- we'll do that probably post Oscars. We'll probably have a podcast where we combine the Oscar re- reaction to the Oscars plus. Or well, maybe we'll do it before. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But shortly here, we're going to be doing our top movies, top seven, five movies, and some honorable mentions of 2022. So stay tuned for that. We have a Rocky podcast coming out, Rocky rankings. Oh, yeah. A tier list, whatever we want to do with that. Talk about Creed Three. And yeah, we we hope you all have a good rest of your day, evening, morning, whatever. Please subscribe, follow, follow us on Instagram, uh, Manic Movie Misfits Pod. Don't spread the rumor that Kelsey Grammer moved Coke 
in the 80s. That was a joke. We don't know that for sure. Yeah. If you want to go to try and sponsor me, give me money so my famous, John's famous macaroni and cheese can get big, that I'm cool with. It's going to be a big thing. Thank you, TJ's Laundry, for giving us that ad break. And without further ado, yeah, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, for that guy over there, what, what, what did I give you as your nickname when we ended last podcast? I can't remember. That was weeks ago. <laughs> for, for yo, Adrian over there, <laughs> and for the Mongolian stallion over here, <laughs> we hope to catch you on the next episode. I love that nickname, by the way. That's staying. I don't care what anyone says. That's staying. TJ TJ gave me the Mongolian Stallion, and I like that, so we're keeping that. But uh, we hope to catch you on the next episode of the Manic Movie Misfits podcast. We'll see you next time. Peace. Ta-ta.